Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. Lisa is a freelance copywriter and story brand guide who has built a multiple six-figure online copywriting agency over the last three years. Last year in 2020, she shifted and scaled her business by bringing on a team of other copywriters to help more businesses and personal brands simplify their message and streamline their content marketing. You can find more information about that at simplestorysolutions.com. But the real reason we have Lisa here, well, not the real reason, but the other main reason is that Lisa's also passionate about helping freelancers stop hustling and start building thriving full-time businesses. And as you know, Kenza Pod listeners, we are also passionate about this. So of course, we love Lisa. Mom, she's also a mom of three kids, and so she knows how to navigate mommy guilt, actually be productive working from home, And she coaches other freelancers through Full Thrive Freelancing with online courses, coaching, and free webinars. She also has a free Facebook group called Full Thrive Freelancing. You can learn more about that business. Yes, she runs two businesses at fullthrive.co. Lisa and I met on Instagram, and we actually hit it off pretty quickly. Um, She has actually been on the podcast before, sharing her journey in a So You Wanna Be a Freelance Copywriter um, episode. And so we will link to that in the show notes because that is also a really, really helpful episode. But in this episode, we are going to be talking all about mindset. Lisa does a lot of research and speaking about how important mindset is for building your own business. Um, and her and I have gone back and forth on Instagram a lot, chatting about books like the untethered soul, the surrender experiment, the illusion of money, The Big Leap, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, and lots more. She is my go-to person. I'm like, all right, I finished that one. What's next? (laughs) Um, Personally, I've been working on letting life just flow and just being more accepting of what's coming and going versus trying to control everything or be so disappointed when things don't go the way that I thought they could have or should have gone. Um, and so today on the podcast, we're going to be talking why, talking about why mindset is important for your business, how to cultivate an abundance mindset, and why Lisa always says that the best business books aren't actually business books. So welcome. Beth is here too with us from Maine. So welcome, Beth. Thank you. Good. She's raising good the roof. To, good to see everybody. <laughs> good to see you again, Lisa. And welcome, Lisa. What a crazy, amazing introduction. I'm like, I want to meet that woman. That is awesome. (laughs) You ladies make me smile and I love what you guys are doing. I, you know, I see Kenza come across my social media, my Instagram, and I look forward to it. And as much as we are, are literally in parallel with who we're helping and how we're helping them in so many ways, you guys bring such a richness to the freelance um, industry, especially for parents. And I, I have to, to really, um, give you a lot of credit for that because freelancing and parenting, you've positioned it really, really well. And I think that, that you give such straightforward, practical advice. And I think that's what people are craving. So while our conversation today is about mindset, 
you know, I always say to people that uh, they all want the tactics, they want the strategies, they want the step one, two, three. And I'm like, yeah, but you need the mindset and nobody wants to buy mindset or think that they're learning about mindset. But in the end, that is what sticks. That is what makes the change. And that is what people come back for. Right. So true. And I think that's why it's so interesting to just think about and understand, especially as parents, you know, a lot of what a lot of issues that maybe you had growing up or traumas that happened or whatever. For me, I'll just speak personally, but I know for a lot of my friends too, that all starts to really come up when you have a kid and you notice your triggers and you notice how far you can actually go in terms of like your stress limit and how much that has changed and just so much comes up and then you add in running a business or trying to start a business and do something that's pretty scary, risky, vulnerable and you really do have to keep your mindset in check if you want to survive. <laughs> you know, I, I tell people that your business and your kids, it's like a Petri dish. It's like you get to experiment <laughs> all the time. And really what you're doing is you're finding all of those triggers of all the stuff that's inside and they are reflecting to you. Oh, and if something comes up for you that is frustrating or aggravating or angering or distressing, all that means is like, oh, we found another thing to work on, right? <laughs> and as you so, start embracing that instead of resisting it, that's when you let things, like you said, Tiffany, flow instead of like pushing. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into this awesome conversation that we're hoping to be a little bit more free-flowing than maybe some of our other podcasts where we try and keep a little bit of a framework to them. Um, but before we get into that, Lisa, why don't you just tell us a little bite-sized uh, story about who you are. Um, and if people want to learn more about Lisa's story, of course, please go check out the So You Want to Be a Freelance Copywriter because we go, that's all about her story and how she came to be where she is. But give us a little bite-sized, Lisa, introduce yourself to our audience. So um, thank you for that. It's kind of like, where do you start, right? I, um, I, I always kind of start back with, um, you know, four years ago when I left a full-time job and uh, was really confident that I would leave this full-time job and go and find another full-time job. Everyone said, don't worry, you're going to make six figures at your next job. You're amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I drank the Kool-Aid and sent the resumes, sent the cover letters, and I would just sat back waiting for, for work to, to roll in and the phone to ring and all the things, right? And in the meantime, I hopped on Upwork and started blogging and kind of hustling and like just doing whatever I could do just to bring in some money in the meantime, right? Because like the night on the white horse was going to come in and, you know, ride away and I was going to get the big opportunity and whatever. And three weeks in, four weeks in, nothing happened. I didn't get a single email. I didn't get a single response, like nothing. And I woke up one morning and I was like, oh shit, like this is not how I thought it was going to go. And I remember saying to myself, you know what, girl, you better pick yourself. Like you, nobody is coming to rescue you. There's no 401k plan. There's no health benefits for you. Like get busy. And I had three kids. I was a single mom. And I was like, all right. And that's when I was hungry and started hustling and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, if I sneak back when my daughter was three and Caleb was six weeks old, that's when I actually jumped online for the first time to do some freelancing. And it was, it was a wild west back then. It was 13 years ago. Uh, nobody knew what a virtual assistant was. I Googled it found elance.com, put my face up there, wrote some words and applied for jobs. And I was working within hours. Like it was just, it was crazy, amazing way back when. 
So I, I, I jumped, you know, back uh, many, many years ago and have kind of dabbled all along the way in working from home. So with three kids, I have spent most of the last, you know, 13 years working inside the home, which is a really, as you know, a crazy um, attempt of insanity when you can see the kids and they can see you and you're like, I'm working. And they're like, no, I can see you. You're here and, and navigating that. So, yeah. right. And when you've got littlies, they have no idea. They see you sitting there on your laptop and they think that you're waiting, you know, for them. Yeah. Um, so it's been the last four years that um, it's been a, a serious, you know, six figure business, built a team, started a second company, got the S corp, had to deal with taxes, like, you know, like the big girl stuff. <laughs> and so what are you doing now with Full Thrive? I know that you've been really leaning a lot more into that business. Tell us some of the services and some of the things you're doing over there. So when I first, I'll, I'll back that up with the copywriting uh, agency or business. Um, it, it went really well and I had a wait list of people and I had clients kind of saying, Hey, I want to work with you. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm out of capacity. So I went to hire some more copywriters to help me. And as I was telling copywriters what I was doing and, and the business, they're like, how do you do that? Could you show me how to do that? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. And then one girl said, I will pay you money to coach me. Like, could you coach me to be a better freelancer? And I literally, the light bulb went off and I was like, <laughs> Somebody is telling me they want to give me money for something. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was my first indication. And I started thinking, what if I could teach other people kind of how to do what I do? And that is where Full Thrive really started. It started as a copywriter coach. That's actually how it started um, way back when. And then I realized I had a lot of freelancers that weren't copywriters. I was like, actually, what I'm teaching you is mindset, sales strategies, processes, business stuff. Like whether you're a copywriter or a graphic designer, you know, or a social media manager, freelancing is freelancing. You are your own business. So when the pandemic hit, I remember it was like March 25th. I said, let's do this. Like I had 80 people in the Facebook group and I said, I'm serious. And I think it's because my heart literally just like was broken for people that lost their job, were stuck at home, had to homeschool their kids. And I know that they're smart and they're, you know, um, ingenious about like getting stuff done, but they just didn't know how to spin up a freelance business. And so that's right. where Full Thrive really started about a year, year and a half ago and built a community. I had nothing to sell, but couldn't do anything for anybody. I took no money for a whole year. It was just like, let's just talk about freelancing. Um, and from there came uh, live training, master classes. There's a course on how to do Upwork. There's now going to be a course on processes and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that's just kind of spun up from there. And that, that has come from, and this is, this is where business happens is when you listen to the people that you're interacting with and they ask you for something and you're like, okay, I'll go make that for you instead yeah. of, Oh, I could teach you this. Do you want to buy it? It's like, tell me what you need and let's see if we can work together. So let's now weave in the mindset piece of this and talk about how your mindset has played a part in this transition that you've had where you already had a thriving copywriting agency. You started up a Facebook group and were trying to help freelancers, didn't take any money for a year. And then somewhere along the line, you were like, you know what? 
I'm going to go full thrive and full thrive, right? <laughs> so was that scary? Like, what did you have to do to kind of, or what are you still kind of doing to get oh, your I'm mind in the middle to of the right place? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm smack in the middle of it. All right. So let's jump into this conversation because I, uh, every one of us deals with it on different levels. And I'll share with you my experience now from the level I'm at. But what I see as I'm coaching other freelancers, um, and I think I'll start there. When I coach freelancers, I notice that this hustle mentality is rooted in scarcity, lack, and fear. And it makes them second guess their prices. Proposals are a nightmare because they're like, well, what should I price it so they'll say yes? which is very different than what am I delivering and how much is that worth? Right. And, and immediately to them, to them, key question. So I quickly can spot newbie freelancers and ones that are a little bit more advanced and they're thinking they haven't made the transition. And that's where the transition from hustling to thriving. So thriving is abundance, prosperity, overflow. There's enough for everyone. And hustling is the scarcity. And I can, I can see underneath. I can read between the lines when I'm talking to people because I was there. And you will still always have that hustling no matter what level you go to, <laughs> okay, yeah. right? So I get nervous about turning into a coach. I'm like, nobody's going to pay me to coach them. Like, oh, I'm not like, I all of a sudden shrink back into the hustling mode because I'm, you know, uh, I haven't evolved and I haven't grown. So where, where do you make the shift? I think the shift happens as you do something for a little while. Uh, as you get some experience, you get some knowledge, you test the waters a little bit and you start to expand and evolve and expand and evolve. We've all been here where you've been doing something for a while. It used to be scary at first, then it got pretty easy and now you're bored and you're like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. That's where right? Beth is, and exactly. We just, we just had, had that conversation We just had right this now. conversation in our last meeting earlier today. <laughs> I, mean, I earlier. was like, what am I going to do now? I'm kind of bored, you know? So anyway. Yes. What a great yeah. thing. But tell you what we do. We beat ourselves yeah. up. Well, I'm making good money. This is crazy. Why would I leave this? I have a team. They're relying on me. This is what my identity is based on. This is who I am. I am a story brand copywriter. I built a kick-ass agency. We made up about half a million dollars last year. Why the heck would I ever walk away from that to go to try to be a coach? <laughs> You're crazy. Right? Why would you leave your full-time job to become a freelancer? Why would you do this? So, so one, if you get kicked out, pushed out, like, you know, had to leave your job, oof, that's a really hard one. To do it voluntarily is just as hard because there's always a plan B. I think when you get to a point in your life where you realize you would rather be happy, fulfilled, and at peace, and doing things that light you up all day long, and you detach money from what you do, that is when you can make those decisions. And I have to say, it's very hard to do that before the age of 30, maybe even 40. When you have money in the bank and you're like, it doesn't matter anymore, I don't want that, I want to do this. And mm -hmm. so um, as I started helping people for free, you could physically see me light up. My voice changed, everything about me changed. People came alive, it was just this crazy. I mean, people would comment, they would say, I don't know what just happened, but that was amazing, your energy, your this, your that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm on the right track. And that's it, they're just little breadcrumbs that go, ooh, I like that, that makes me feel good, it makes them feel good. That's on the right path. Yeah, I love that. So what are some challenging things that you've had to work through 
mindset wise or abundance mindset wise as you've really transitioned from one business to another like I know there's the phrase that everybody likes to throw out there which is imposter syndrome but I feel like that's I don't know there's something about that phrase that I'm like all right let's dig into that a little bit more because it's just thrown around so much so but maybe you know maybe you did experience some of that so tell us some of like the challenges that you've had and maybe how you've got yourself up out of that and overcome some of those challenging mindset blocks? The first challenges were the identity, the identity mm-hmm. thing. I had, I had built for years this identity that I was super proud of and that really um, helped people go, oh, she's important. She's worthy. She makes money, like all the things, right? I'm like, oh, that took me a long time to get there, <laughs> right? So why would you walk away from that? And I do think people hold on to their identity for too long. We're meant to expand. We're meant to evolve, right? So that was one of them. The second is I felt like people were relying on me. I felt like my team needed me to stay. Like, well, what would they do? And oh my gosh, what a a load of BS. Like if you are holding back from making a decision because you think people – you're making that story up in your head. That is a story you made up. I, I wasn't going to change my business model because there's this one girl on my team. And I was like, oh, she'll be so heartbroken. I told myself this crazy, amazing story of why I couldn't. And then a week later, she's like, oh, I got a job at Google. And uh, in two weeks, will be my last, my last week. And I was like, that works well. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. But right, don't we make up stories in our head about what we think other people are expecting or wanting or needing? And when I told my team one by one, they're always like, oh, actually, that works really well because. And I'm like, so um, that's one thing I would say is try not to make assumptions. Don't make assumptions about other people and my husband this, my partner this, my kids this, my my clients. What are they going to do without me? Trust me. You are not, you are not walking on water for everybody, right? You are replaceable and people can move on. So that's one of them. Yeah. The, uh, the other thing that I'm dealing with right in the middle, this is like right in today's moment is Mm -hmm. to go from being, um, confident and expert, like really knowing your stuff to then going to the next thing where you're kind of starting, I wouldn't say at the bottom, but somewhat at the bottom. And now you have to learn a lot of things again. I paid to be in a course about coaching from somebody that I know I make more money than they do Mm. in copywriting, but they're better at coaching. And I was like, oh, I'm a student again. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So I guess part of that's identity, that's humility. It's just saying, what don't I know? Um, I know how to connect with people and support people, but there's a lot around it, like how to build the business part of it, how to charge, what Mm -hmm. to say that I have to, I have to learn. So it's a lot like freelancing guys. You might come from a career from corporate and you are like the top, you, you have a corner office, you're making the money and you're like, but I want to, I want to go out on my own. And as you move into the freelancer role, you're still good at what you do, but damn, if you know how to put a website together or write emails or put a Facebook ad up or write a proposal, you're like, ah, so mm-hmm. I think that often causes people to um, pull back or then all of a sudden think they're not good enough. And all it is, it's like, you know, one thing, but you don't know this thing. So you got to learn this thing so that you can do this thing. That right. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's um, I think the other part of it, too, is I just want to go back to like the, the being open to the evolution of yourself and of your business 
And that's actually really applicable to Kenza at the moment where we started off thinking we were going to be doing one thing. And in fact, we're evolving into this whole other thing. And it feels, I read a quote the other day. It was like, if whatever you're trying to do feels like a mix of scary and exciting and the scariest thing you've ever done, like you're probably on the right path. And (laughs) the, the quote was better than that, but you get the sentiment and that's kind of what we're feeling too. And I think you know, a lot of what we try and talk about in our community is just being, taking the first step, which is, you know, leaving your job, or if you've already had to leave, um, and trying something and then just being open to what comes your way, start talking to people, start meeting people, get in a company with a certain service and see what other opportunities are within that company, try out different things and just being open to letting life again, going back to that concept of like letting life just flow through you. And saying, okay, I see that this is coming. Okay, that's I didn't exactly expect this specific project to go that way, but what can I learn? Okay, let me just move through it. Rather than getting so hung up on this specific idea of what you thought you were going to go out and do. Perfect. So one of the books, which I didn't put as one of my props here, but is The Seven uh, Spiritual Laws of Success. It's a Deepak Chopra book, and it's a really beautiful book. And one of the laws is the law of detachment. It's um, knowing what you want, being willing to do the work, but not being attached to the outcome. Mm. And I think all disappointment in relationships and work and finances and clients and parenting is that we decided what it was supposed to be. It didn't meet that goal. And so we have a lack. We're disappointed. And I know it's as hard, especially for any of you out there that are high achievers, you know, you're Enneagram threes. You're like, but I have to have a goal. Are you telling me not to have goals? How does this really work? Right. It's a very fine balance. Um, the Tao Te Ching talks about it as the way of like, okay, have a goal, but be flexible. And it's this mm-hmm. kind of, you just have to wobble a little bit back and forth and realize that when you are at the moment of setting a goal, you only have a certain amount of information. You're only limited by what you know up to this point. So you start on your journey and you realize, oh, I didn't know there was another way this way, but my goal is over here. I better not go over there. I better go over here. But as you expand and grow and learn, you don't know what you don't know. And so oftentimes the outcome is better than we would have thought. We, we limit ourselves because we can only make goals based on who we are today. But as we evolve and grow, our goals should be and could be much bigger. So you want to leave that mm, breathing that. room to kind of like shift. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And I think too that the thing that I try and remember with all of that is, is that when you go off on your own as a freelancer or business owner or whatever, that's the fact that you get to grow and evolve and evolve and change in your career is what is so exciting about it. You know, you're not stuck in a job Like the last job I had, it was a very small business. I had one role. There was no moving up or down or moving around. Like that's the role that I was always going to have there. I could get really good at it and be really efficient with it, but I was never really going to be much more than that. And it was like, ah, I love this job. I love what I'm doing, but like, where am I going from here? You know? And so when you become a freelancer, it's like, oh, you can try this path. You can go down this path. You can explore this way. You can do this way. You could do it all at the same time if you wanted to. And I think yes. that if we can embrace 
like that excitement of like, oh, we've let go of being put in this box of a job and of a career path and of titles and all that kind of crap. And we can just start exploring what we're actually like interested in and what intrigues us and what we're curious about and then get yes. paid for it. Like, yes, that's awesome. Let's embrace it. But it does come with a little bit of like, oh, shit, but which way am I going? And oh, God, should I go down this path? You know? Okay, you, you, you said the key words here. This is what um, I've been learning as we swing the conversation to mindset is that oftentimes we make decisions with our head and I'm learning that I really need to be making them with my gut. I need to be making them with my, my heart. I need to be making them from a deeper place. And again, this is a little woo and whatever, but the idea is there, that- Let's go there, baby, I'm down. Yeah, well, <laughs> the truth is, our, our conscious, our, our actual thinking brain is such a small piece. It's like 5% of how we make decisions. And then 95% are baked into our subconscious and our paradigms and our beliefs and our habits and all that stuff, right? And we have a guidance system. We call it the emotional guidance system. Whenever you're like, ooh, or you tense or you're like spit in your stomach or something, that we we dismiss that so much by talking ourselves that oh that's just or oh I should still how many times have you gotten a red flag about a potential client and you went there anyway three weeks later you're like I knew it I knew it yeah. if we could I tune like in on the this. yes well yeah but they paid me really well but yeah and you you will convince yourself and most of the time the battle is between here and here Mm-hmm. And we should, mm-hmm. we should ourselves way too much. We are like, well, I should do this and I should do this and I should do that. And, um, and everybody has to go through that a little bit until they realize, wait a second, I am smarter than I give myself credit for. Oftentimes I think a lot of freelancers, women do it all the time. They downplay, they undervalue. They're like, ah. and if they just could stand a little bit more in their confidence, they would know Right. It won't be perfect, but they would at least know from the core instead of like rationalizing it. Totally. Now, Beth, I want to bring you in here because Beth has been in business for herself for 25 20 years. years now. No, it'll be 20 this 20 August. 20 so. this August. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that Beth's career, for those of you who don't know a lot about her background, um, Beth is a very giving person. And she was, we met in Santa Cruz and she's incredibly involved in the community there, specifically the nonprofit community. And I think, Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, but another side of freelancing and and being able to kind of go out on your own is that it gives you the time and gives you the flexibility to go do the other things that really fill you up and serve you and feel good to be doing in your community. And I feel like that's been a big thing for your career, Beth, is that Yes, you do accounting. Maybe it's not the most exciting, sexy thing in the world, but because you work for yourself, you get to do other exciting things that you really yeah. love to do, and you get to take your skills and help organizations in other ways. And I think that that's really cool to just note, you know. Well, thank you, thank you. And and you know, now that I I've, I've just moved, I just want to and and Tiff, now that you and I are sort of doing our our work is evolving a little bit too, so it's just. It's an exciting time. I feel good about the body of work that I have behind me, and I'm also feeling good about whatever it is that's next. Um, I just don't know what it is. And yes, our motto is, universe, do your thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have a motto. I, I have a motto that um, <laughs> it's called swig, see where it goes. Yeah. Like, Ooh, I like see it. where it goes. Yep, swig. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
I think um, what I was going to say, Beth, was um, what came out of the pandemic was uh, an awakening, right? There was an awakening around uh, work, awakening around schooling, oh my God, and parenting and the amazing things that we did with pulling three kids. I have three kids at homeschooled for most of the year here in California. And we did things that we would have said that is not possible. It is not possible to to train your kids at home for a year. It's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible to work from, it's not possible. It's not po well, all these things. And we have this like um, a little window into, well, hold on. There are so many things that we don't think are possible that, so what else is possible? And so this awakening in mm -hmm. um, our career, I think came from a, also a spiritual awakening, uh, a shifting off of the things we used to do all the time you know, going to church. I know a lot of people go to church and then they couldn't go to church for a year. And there's like, guess what? Church can be what you make it. And church can be, mm -hmm. people had to actually decide for themselves, what, what does that actually mean without having to go somewhere every week and do the things I'm supposed to do? So, you know, we had to reevaluate our work, our career passions, our parenting, our spiritual side. And I think if we can continue on that, kind of curiosity as Tiffany said rather than oh now finally we can go back no there's no going back there's no back so Lisa I know I know that a lot of a lot of times I fall you know I'm following you on Instagram and a lot of times I see you working out going for walks I know you have an awesome morning routine maybe you can share with us some of the ways the daily ways that you work on cultivating this abundance mindset because it really does come down to a daily practice and an yeah. integration of this mindset and, and moving towards the person you want to continue to evolve to. Um, it takes work, you know? So what are some of the ways that, that you do that for yourself? Thanks, Tiff. Tons of work. Um, but it's almost like when you start working out, you, then you start looking forward to it kind of secretly mm -hmm. or you're like, oh, I can't. A little bit. Not all the time. You start to see the results. You're like, yeah. okay, okay. So uh, it, I'll, I'll tell you the, the real big moment where things started to shift was um, my partner and I uh, decided that we wanted to really understand meditation. And meditation is one of those big like words that a lot of people have attached their own meaning to. Mm -hmm. And we went and took a course in transcendental meditation, which sounds really creepy, but it's absolutely not. And it's a lot more scientific. It's the meditation that, um, uh, you know, um, Jerry Seinfeld and Howard Stern and um, a lot of these like uh, Hollywood people do in terms of the scientific part. It's not really religious. And so we went and took a course on how to properly meditate and what it does to your body. And then we incorporated that and we do that twice a day for 20 minutes. It's basically mm -hmm. stilling your mind. Um, we have a little mantra that we just say in our head that causes us to quiet and kind of go inwards. And for 20 minutes, we do that, like I said, twice a day. And it's like taking a shower. It's literally like just washing all the stuff in your head and like calming it down. So meditation mm -hmm. is one of the absolute keys for, for us. And you don't, you don't meditate to feel good. You meditate for the after effect, the clarity, the connection, the calming of your monkey mind, right? We all have a monkey mind that just goes crazy. So Definitely with a the meditation. Then I have learned um, one of the craziest things I learned to do, which I still fight to this day, but I um, walk in silence. I do um, uh, my, like my morning walk 
for years and years and years, I would walk, but I'd listen to a podcast, music, I'd call my mom, whatever. Like I would never, never just walk for the sake of walking because that's wasted time. Right. Um, totally. Yeah. Well, I had read enough of these books that stillness is like a thing you practice. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Like not reading, not watching, not listening, not talking. And I was like, that's crazy. And so I started walking and I do like an hour walk. And the first half an hour is no, you can't listen to anything except my own freaking head, which will drive you crazy because all the stuff it wants to talk about. Yeah. But I challenge anybody, if you have never spent time in silence, it is, it is unbelievable. And I look forward to it now because almost every single time, here's, here's what I want to tell you. If you meditate to clear your mind, you are not getting ideas or thoughts or creativity. You're actually trying to clear your mind. If you do not give yourself space to then receive great ideas and thoughts and creativity, you're missing out on, on this equation. So I go out on these walks. And I'm like, what a waste of time. What a waste of time. What a waste of time. Mm -hmm. And by the time I let go of the resistance and I made myself open, the absolute best ideas came when I was walking. It, it, I would come back so excited. I'd write all this stuff down. And so I now look forward to this silence. Mm, I'm gonna have to try that. I'm gonna fight myself on like, yeah, this is wasting time because you're right. My walks or even when I'm driving, it's my time to like get in those podcasts or my audiobooks or phone calls or whatever. But that's a really good point that, you know, there's meditation and then there's actually integrating that work into our lives and being intentional about that. And uh, sitting in stillness and quiet, I think for parents specifically and parents of young children even or just any age children, that's it feels like a tall order, you know, <laughs> but I can see that the benefits, I can understand that the benefits would be really incredible. So I'm going to do that and report back, Lisa. Incredible. Let me know. I'm telling you, it, it has changed. And so what I do is I walk for half an hour and then I turn around and I walk back. And there's been so many days where I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. I got some really good stuff going on in my head right now. I've got some ideas and I don't even interrupt it with a podcast. So I tricked myself. Mm. I was like, okay, you got to go half an hour, then you can come back. Um, so I would definitely try that. I, um, I move my body every morning and it's not to lose weight or calories or whatever. It's to get the blood flow and I have to shift energy. So if any of you guys are on zoom a lot, you're doing client calls or you're dealing with kids, whatever you're doing, if you, it, you absorb energy, you actually take on other people's energies. And I'm not like a weird energy person, but like, you just know at the end of the day, yes, you like, are, Lisa. It's okay. <laughs> like, it's just like in you and on you and that's okay. But then I'll go out and get on the rower and shift that energy in and out and move it around because otherwise it's heavy and you start to feel heavy by the end of the week because you've just been helping people and you've been hearing their stories and it's just, it's a lot. So I, I move my body to shift my energy. I lift weights because of a mental challenge. So I do uh, weightlifting like with the bars and, you know, clean and jerks and snatches and all kinds of heavy stuff. And that is because mentally it tells me that I'm stronger than I think I am. And mm -hmm. I carry that into my business. I'm like, okay, oh, if you can do that girl, you can do that. So I take a physical thing and then I, I kind of carry over the confidence into my business world. I'm like, you're a badass out there. Like now you can be one over here, right? Or vice versa. So borrow the confidence from wherever you feel really good and carry that over into an area that you don't feel really good in. 
Yeah, I love I love the theme that I picked up from all of that just now is that everything is connected. Mm. You know, like your meditation and your quiet walk and your showing yourself that you can lift really heavy weights and improve and and also maybe go to lower weights when you're not feeling so good. Like all of that is connected to how you show up with your family and how you show up in your business and how you show up in your clients and it all goes together and I feel like it sounds obvious to say that but sometimes even for myself I don't always recognize that and see how important it is that you're not just meditating to sit there and be quiet and still the mind you're meditating so you can show up later on in the day for yourself or for your family or for whoever you know if you have a big vision see see I think where people and I'm not picking on Beth or picking on myself but where people get bored or they get off track is because their vision isn't clear. It's not that they don't have a vision. They just have not clarified it enough for it to be a a motivator or a mover. And when Full Thrive started to pick up, Tiffany, I felt this responsibility that there are people out there waiting for me to help them. And if I do not get my stuff together, my head, my heart, my body, I cannot help people. And so it, it is all very much connected that I can show up here as my best self because I went and did the work. And this is crazy. I was telling my, my, uh, my mastermind yesterday, I said, I get up at six o'clock in the morning and I don't take a call till 10 AM. What the hell do I do for four hours? Like really (laughs) what a luxury to take four hours to get ready. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the weight of the conversations, of the vision that I'm carrying, the vision you're carrying, you've got to honor that by really doing what you need to do so that I can sit down and get an idea like that. I can sit down and make a decision like that. I can sit down and create a whole program in 20 minutes. And that happens because I got aligned in my energy over here and I can show up and it just happens. I love that. It's so cool to be able to see those real tangible results and to be able to look back and see how far you've come and how it maybe was a year ago and now how you are today and what's changed and what's shifted and how different things are. And, and then it's exciting to think, Ooh, what am I going to be like in another year? year After that, you know, um, there's this really great podcast episode that I'm listening to right now. It's on Brene Brown's podcast. Um, and my therapist actually recommended it to me. Um, and it's called, uh, it's with Emily and Amelia Nagoski, I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's about burnout. And basically what they talk about is they have a book and I'm definitely going to be reading it, but what they talk about is how when we have something happen to us, whether it's a trauma with a capital T or trauma with a lowercase T, It comes, you know, we have an emotion that happens. There's a stress response that happens and how important it is to release that stress. So basically what they talk about in their research is that even though the stressor event maybe has stopped or is no, it doesn't exist anymore, like it it ended, your body is still carrying that stress unless you actually go through, they, they talk about emotion like a tunnel. So you come in mm. to the tunnel, you get into the middle of the tunnel, and then you need to go through the other end. And what happens for a lot of people is that they get stuck in the middle of that tunnel because they don't let themselves fully experience it and get it out of their bodies. And the reason this came up for me, and I'm going to share this in case any of our listeners are experiencing this, is that I have noticed this pattern where I have some stressor in my life and recently it's been a couple of really big stressors 
and I get through and I get through it and then I crash when it's over. I mean, for like a week or two, I will be laid out and I'm not sick necessarily, but I'm just not good. And I was talking to my therapist, like, why is this happening? And so she sent me this podcast, which we'll definitely link to um, in the show notes here so you can check it out if this is something that you experience. It's just the importance of moving emotion through your body and acknowledging that even though that stressful event is over, you still need to process the stress that happened during that event because your body doesn't necessarily recognize that that's done. And so what made me think of that is you talking about rowing. You get up and you row and you get things moving. And and that could be, everybody kind of has their way of doing this. And that could be your way of releasing stress, releasing emotion and letting it kind of get through your body physically. And I think that's really awesome. And hopefully everybody can find that. And if you make a habit of it, you don't have to wait till you feel like garbage to go, oh, I better. Just like, and um, what you talked about in the untethered soul is exactly what he says. He says that if you have a, an event or a moment that does not pass through you, it gets stuck, it gets stuck and it starts to become a blockage. And he said, the gift you get, this is the gift. Are you guys ready to hear this? Sorry. Is when something triggers you, something pisses you off, something causes you to shift your energy and you're like, oh, that is a celebration of the thing that got stuck coming up going, let me out, let me out. I want to deal. I want you to deal with this. And he says, in that moment, all you have to do is relax and release it. You need Mm -hmm. to just recognize that it's there. You don't have to go do childhood wounding memory exercises. Just go, oh, that's bothering me. I see you. I feel you. I'm going to feel you for a minute. I'm going to relax and I'm going to let it go. So that's why we can embrace conflict and frustration. And we can go, oh, this has to do with me. And this is a gift that I get to let go out of my body. Right. So sometimes you have to do deeper work and sometimes it's like, I'm going to just let that go now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) I am loving this. Um, I think maybe one other thing that might be helpful, it would just be, so were there any other little tips that you had Lisa that you do on a regular basis or maybe on like a quarterly basis, or maybe it's not every day, but something that helps you just keep this, keep grounded in this abundance mindset. It's going to be really easy to start to veer away from it, you know? Uh, yeah, the coach that I work with um, has me uh, writing out affirmations, which for a long time I was like, whatever, right? <laughs> and okay. and I, yeah, and I would, I would write down everything I wanted. And I used to be one of those, it's like every day I wrote down my goals 10 times. I wrote my goals 10 times, right? And I have learned that, when you spend too much time focusing on what you don't have hmm. versus on spending your imagination on what you do want or what you will have, it is this, um, you know, introducing the law of attraction where you can either choose to focus on what you don't have and how it makes you feel bad or what you could have and what you want to have and spending more time there. And so even with affirmations, it's not like, One day I hope to, or I will be, it's literally saying I am. And it's so hard for me. I'm like, but but I'm not. And every time you're like, but I'm not, you're focusing on what you don't have yet. And so I am still working through that, but I do write in journal every day and I will write these affirmations. And if, if you don't know what an affirmation you could write, the one that I love a lot is everything is working out for me. 
Everything is always working out for me. Everything's working out in my favor. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I just have to remind, it's like a little mantra, remind myself, okay, hey, you know what? And if you think about it, where you sit today, literally, of everything you've been through in your whole life, has it worked out for you? Yeah, actually it has. Like everything's worked out for us, right? We go back to that disappointment and that expectation. We only get disappointed if we think that it hasn't worked out the way we think it should. And who are we at 47 years old to, to know how everything is supposed to work out in the world? I just can't. Right. So right. I just choose to believe that everything's working out for me. And as soon as you start believing that, you'll start seeing evidence of things that are working out for you. And it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Ah, I love that. It's like if you <clears throat> think about red cars, all of a sudden you're going to start noticing every red car on the road, you yeah. know? Um, the mantra I have is actually from a book I mentioned in the intro called the big leap. I think it's from the big leap. Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have, I'm looking at it over here on my desk. It says I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. Yes. yes, And I love that. I love, like, I remember in the book, he was like, say this out loud, say it every day, say it while you're driving, say it when you wake up, say it before you go to bed. And, and just like, you know, just like, oh, whatever, say this thing. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen. <laughs> and I printed it out and I put it above my desk and I look at it every day. And I've been trying to, you know, just really embody that. And it's, um, it's like an uncomfortable, to be honest, like an uncomfortable exercise at first. Cause, cause again, you're just like, oh God, what is all this woo woo? But you know what? It really, it does make a difference. And so um, to all of our listeners in listener land, we will definitely leave a list of books for you in the show notes that we collectively recommend. It's going to be longer probably than my intro because Lisa, I think you're on a whole different track right now that like, I'm going to have to switch over to that track. So you're like, you're going down major woo woo land and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> yes. yes. So I will, I will uh, I'm, being, I'll get, I'm being sucked into the vortex. Literally. So. I love it. <laughs> so I will get those books from her and add those in there. Um, any last words anybody wants to add um, before we start to wrap this up, Beth or Lisa? <laughs> yeah, I think you did a really great job. No, I think this is this is a great conversation. Lisa, tell our listeners where they can find you, how they can engage with you, and um, just get to know you more. Um, I spent a little bit of time on Instagram and the stories. Um, if you, if you want to really see, you know, as most people curate their Instagram posts, the stories are like where the real stuff happens, the parenting stuff, the the books, me lifting weights and sweating and rowing and like all, like all the things, the, the things that we just talked about are in the stories. So that is a piece if, you know, I, I love watching people that I aspire to be like. And so if you want to see what that looks like, that's a really great place to, to see that. But if you're a freelancer and you go, man, I want to get this. I want to have an abundance mindset. I want to believe that there's more out there. I want to overflow and build a team. I want, I want all that. Um, then the Full Thrive Freelance Group literally is such a beautiful community of people who talk to each other and answer each other's questions. If you're curious about Upwork or you want to dive in or you want to make six figures on Upwork, I'm your girl. Like I will help you get there. So that Facebook group is really the portal to kind of jump in and learn about all the things. 
Awesome. I love it. Yes. And we'll definitely link to all that as well as um, Lisa has an awesome course on Upwork, how to get started on Upwork, um, which is just a totally foreign land to us at Kenza. So we're excited to be able to get this course out to our followers also because it's just not something we can teach on. So that's why we have Lisa here <laughs> to bring her complimentary awesome. knowledge. Well, thank you so much for your time and for this great conversation. You're our first second time guest on the Kenza pod. So Yay. I'll send you like a trophy or something. Yes. <laughs> I like to win. <laughs> You're number one and be a number two. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. Have a great one.